Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Okay. okay. What are we talking about today? Well, we had a discussion last night. Yep. A, a passionate discussion. I don't want to say heated, but it was... No, it wasn't heated. It was uh, animated. <laughs> it was very animated. So yesterday, Jill and I were doing a photo shoot for the 100th episode. Woo-hoo. We had... It was so windy. It was really windy. It was fun. We got some good pictures. Anyway, we went out for... We were drinking the whole time. And then, of course, <laughs> we popped two bottles of champagne, downed those, and then we went to get more drinks. And... We went out to just eat and drink some more, and we started. My my boyfriend Jeff was there, and I, how did it start? We were we talking were about talking about. I think somehow we were talking about. It came to oh, you know what it was? Jeff asked me if I'd ever get married again. Ah, oh, yes. That's so right. it started with marriage because I had just posted on my stories. Someone had asked me on my Instagram stories. Would I ever get married again? Mm-hmm. And I put that I that it's not really the goal and that like I'm not really down for it. I don't really feel like there's any sort of like extra guarantee when it comes to a relationship outside of just being committed to a relationship. It's not necessarily my desire, but I also think I would feel differently had I not been married before. So if you're listening to this and you've never been married yep. and your goal is to get married, I'm not judging that. Just for me, that's not necessarily the goal at this point because I just want to be in a really amazing relationship and be growing. And if it's not really amazing and I'm not growing, then I'd rather be single. Yep. And so anyway, Jeff had responded to that or like, or we had had that conversation. Yep. And so we had just asked me about that. And then it came down to what are you looking for mm-hmm. in a man or what do women in general look for in men of course this you know in this conversation you know for our purposes is going to be for the context is going to be more talking about heterosexual Heterosexual relationships relationships. Mm -hmm. but of course you know this stuff can apply to same-sex relationships as well where you know maybe there is someone who has obviously everyone has is entitled to their desires and their um, preferences when it comes to their significant other Um, but for our purposes we are just going to probably be saying masculine feminine Guy, guy, girl, woman, etc. So, just yeah. as an asterisk. So I remember now. He said he came across a post by Jade, Jill's ex, which was funny because he doesn't follow Jade, and he said it showed up in his explore tab, and Jade had posted a quote uh, by Rumi that said, "The lion is the most handsome when in hunt, when in looking for food, when yep. looking for food." And so he was saying that I, I think that's really um, true and valid. And he remembered a point that I had made that I, you know, when I had complained about my ex husband not being driven. And I said, I really want somebody who's driven. And so we got into this conversation of like, what are women looking for in a male partner or what is the feminine into? And then we were kind of like, well, what does the guy want? And so it got really animated because we, you know, there's so many things in our society where we feel like, and Jill and I were saying this, we're like, guys say that they want a strong woman and they want an independent woman and they want somebody who can do all this. And then they go cheat on them with a woman who's like weak, who's not doing anything, who doesn't make (laughs) any money. And we're just like, wait, you say you want this, but then you go off with the other one. Yeah, it was so interesting. Like I remember uh, even with Jade, he was always like, I remember even before we had the discussion, before we got married, he was like, you're not going to take my name, are you? And I was like, oh, well, like if I, w- I hadn't even thought about it uh-huh. really, to be honest, I just hadn't had that in my head. Yeah. He was like, well, you know, you kind of started to establish yourself in the industry already 
as Jill Coleman. And like, you know, you kind of built a name for yourself. Plus, my last name is Tita, which means tit in Spanish. So maybe you don't want to like <laughs> take whatever. So yeah. I just kind of was like, oh, yeah, fine. Like, I don't whatever. So yeah. there was always this kind of undertone of like, you're amazing. And he was always so good at pushing me sure. professionally mm-hmm. and pushing me to like have my own career and have my own thing and have my own brand. And it obviously has served me really well. But the person that you cheated on me with is the exact opposite of me. Mm-hmm. She was a stay-at-home mom hadn't worked in 20 years yeah which is like fine again that's like that's a life choice it's totally fine but like the idea so then I go in my head wait I thought you were attracted to yeah like a strong independent driven career woman who doesn't want children yeah right that's what he had said to me when I was 24 like I don't want to have kids and then all of a sudden you know you're with someone who's the exact opposite right and so it, it sometimes is confusing. Yeah, super confusing. And that's why I think things started to get animated because uh, Jeff and I had a conversation recently about cooking and how I don't cook. And it's funny because Jill doesn't cook. And we were talking about doing different activities, um, like taking classes. And I was saying I wanted to take dance classes. And just out of curiosity, he goes, would you ever take a cooking class? And I was like, no, hell no. <laughs> but then I think he was taken aback by how like how I was like so adamant about not doing, he's like, well, you would do this and this, but why are you so angry about cooking? (laughs) I'm like, because for me, it feels like a chore. It doesn't feel like something fun or a a craft I would like, or like a fun hobby. Like for me, it just feels like washing toilets. To me, that's a, that's a chore. And so we were going on about like, what are feminine qualities and what are masculine qualities and what are things we're looking for? And what does a man want if a woman is attracted by a man who, or the male of the lion who's in hunt, the person who's going out there and bringing home the food or whatever, being the provider, what is it that the man is looking for? And so it's interesting. After I left my marriage, I started working with a coach. Um, she was a relationship coach and she talked a lot about the feminine energy and masculine energy. And I remember being so resistant. I would bawl every time I had a session with her because she was trying to explain, and I'm going to read some of these things online about, uh, like just traits because I, I struggled with these traits. So she was saying the masculine is traditionally, and this is just like energy. So women have both masculine and feminine energy and men have both feminine and masculine energy. And it's just how much of each you have. And there can be relationships where a man is in the feminine energy role and the woman is in the masculine energy role. So it really doesn't have anything to do with gender, but the the energy traits, the masculine energy is more competitive, more driven, more assertive, independent, more power, while the feminine is more receptive, gentle. I feel like uh, when I think of like the masculine has more um, like rigid, like a flagpole. Grounded, the feminine, right? Like yeah, very grounded, grounded, very kind of like still, very stable. Yes. And the feminine is more like flowy and around and uh, like think about like waves, like water versus versus earth, right? And so I remember she was saying some of these things and I felt that I think I'd been in the masculine role for so long, like taking care of, taking care of the home and making more money. And, and, um, I remember my mom growing up, just telling me, Danielle, when you grow up, never expect a man to take care of you. And I think it's because of what happened to her. She had wanted to be the homemaker and my dad had a gambling problem and he wasn't able to take care of us. So she had to, she had to go back to work and she had to, and she didn't want to. And I think there was always some resentment over that of like, I'm forced to be working. I have to take care of the kids. This is not what I want to be doing. And so for me, I just always assumed that I was going to go to college, that I was going to get a job, that I was going to take care of myself and that I'd always be able to depend on myself. And you had taken care of yourself. Yeah. You paid your way through college. Yep. 
Like you are like uh, you pay, you're paying your own rent. You were doing all that stuff. You're 100% financially independent, like 17. Totally. Totally. So then it's like you go, I go into my marriage, same attitude. And when things started not working out financially or like the business, like my husband wasn't doing as well as I was, I picked up the slack because I thought that's what I need to do. Like if he's not making as much, I'm going to make sure that we still are doing fine. And I remember this coach saying like, you know, obviously you don't know what you don't know and you can't go back and change this, but she was basically saying what I probably should have done was I should have stepped back and basically made him like pushed him into like, he's got to pick up the slack, but instead I did it. And I struggled with that so much because I was like, this is BS. And she was like, what, you emasculated him? Yes. Is that the idea? Yeah, it was kind of like he felt emasculated. It put him in the more feminine role. And so what he did was he went to seek a woman who made him feel more masculine. So she was not working. She was like the guy that the girl that mm-hmm. Jade was with, right? Yep. So the person to make him feel more masculine had to be one who wasn't doing as much. So it was it made me feel terrible because I'm like, but I wanted to be doing this. Sure. And I feel good about that. And at the same time I'm like, but by me doing this, it in my mind like ruined my marriage. It made yep. him feel bad about himself. Yep. And ultimately like stepping back and stepping back away from this is like that was still his own stuff, his own insecurities. Sure. I didn't make anyone feel insecure. Right. But it was something that I really struggled with of going, well, I want to be me and I want to be independent and I want to f- provide, but I also, I, and I was scared to be the other description. I was scared to receive. I was scared to be receptive. Why? And like we kind of talked about last night about maybe their strengths attached. Mm. You know, if somebody buys you something, what does that mean? If, you, if a man buys you a drink, then you owe him something. Um, if, if a man is taking care of the house, paying all the bills and I'm staying home, uh, then I have to do whatever he says. Right. So if I had, and I think this also came from my high school. I remember my boyfriend, um, Courtney's dad, he told me that as long as I could take care of everything, my parents could take anything away. So when I was 16, mm-hmm. I bought my own car. Like I know a lot of friends whose parents bought their car, yep. but if I bought my own car, they couldn't take it away because they yep. didn't buy it for me. Right. So I always had this thing of hanging over my head of like, if I can have my own stuff, then it's mine. And that is a more uh, masculine energy type thing. Yeah. Which so- is so hard because like, I mean, I think, you know, especially now when it's like we the optics are on feminism as a movement. And I think you and I both at our core are feminists, Mm -hmm. but then we go, okay, what does that mean? Does that mean that we get mad if if a man opens up our door? Right. Like, cause I know other, like I know some women who, or at least like, you know, who would maybe feel insulted if a man tried to open up their door or, you know what I mean? And I've never felt that way, but it's interesting to, to kind of navigate some of those differences. And when you talk to, a guy, they will say things like, I want a strong, independent woman. But then they also say, like, and maybe they don't say this outright. Maybe this is just like a da- like a deep down thing is they say, I want to be needed. Want to be needed. And so then we're getting mixed messages around like, okay, like you want a strong, independent woman who's has her own life, making money, you know, doing the thing, whatever that is. And that you still need to be needed when like in actuality, like we don't need you. Sure. And I think it depends on also where you're at. I had a very similar, so very similar upbringing to you. Uh, My dad always, you know, took care of business. He just, but he, my parents divorced early. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't always in the picture. And my mom being a single mom, like my dad, it was always very loving. And I always knew he loved me and he did the best he could. And, uh, but he, my mom was in the day to day with me. And she worked full time. She actually went back and got her MBA. Her company put her through MBA school. It took her 11 years 
to get her MBA because she took one class per semester for 11 years. And it's amazing. Like I look back and like that woman's my fucking hero. Like it's, but I had a very strong role model and it wasn't even because she, she never bad mouthed men. She even told me that when she, right after the divorce, she went to like a woman support group for like divorced women. And she said she only lasted one session because they were all like just complaining about their husbands. And she said, you know, I didn't, I didn't really feel that way about your dad. You know, we kind of, we split mutually. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really feel angry and I wasn't wanting to like shit all over him. So I just like, that wasn't for me. She always was very much, I think how you and I are, which is what's next. She was always looking to the next thing. Yeah. And so I was really fortunate to have someone who just did went to work, did yeah. their shit, didn't complain about it. And my stepmom as well. So my dad's second wife, very similar. Um, they ended up getting divorced as well. But she I've known her since I was two years old. And she had, you know, for a while was a single parent with the three boys, my yep. brothers, and very much the same way. Hard worker, you know, but neither one of them are strong cooks. Let's just say that. (laughs) No, neither one of them are really strong cooks. I wouldn't necessarily say either one of them are super like what we consider maternal Mm -hmm. in terms of like nurturing and like, you know, like your parent, like your mom's home. Like when you get home from work, there's like snacks out, like none of that shit, right? I went to after school daycare. I went to babysitters, whatever. So I think because you, and we talked about this last night a little bit too, what sort of role models did you have growing up? And I think that I'm so grateful that I had them, but it has created a space where I literally do not need anybody. And I also, to your point, have a hard time asking for help or asking for someone to take stuff because I do feel like there's uh, at what cost, right? Like we were in Las Vegas Mm -hmm. and Danny like is, I think you're like leaps and bounds ahead of me on this in terms of like being able to receive. So this may be a year ago or a year and a half ago, we're in Las Vegas and I don't know if you guys know, I think we might talk to this before in Vegas, like there's a bunch of dudes and they just want girls to be around good looking women. Yep. And so they will buy them drinks. So we walk into a bar and within 30 seconds, there's a bouncer comes over and says, Hey, these gentlemen over here would like to buy you drinks. And I look over yep. and I'm just like a quick scan. I know like we're not going to be interested in any of them yeah. really, <laughs> Yeah. but they're all sitting around like a table. There's like five or six of them. And so Danny's like, let's get a free drink. And I was like, but at what cost? <laughs> but at what but cost? But at what actual cost? You know? And it's fine. Like, cool. I'll sit I'm there like, and talk, we'll talk for like- to him for a few minutes and we'll get out of here. But, yeah. <laughs> right. But I was like, I'd rather just pay for our own drink. Yep. That way we just can, just the two of us, we don't need to stress about it. Um, but I am trying to be better, especially yeah. with Keith and allowing for someone to take care of me yeah. and not always being on guard. But that's yeah. been hard. I don't know if I'm leaps and bounds, but it was more so, um, I feel like you and I were closer in this and I've just, uh, because of that coach that I had, she challenged me. And I remember it was early on 2016 when I first started dating I started working with her and she goes, okay, what happens when they, somebody brings the bill? I'm like, I pull out my wallet. I throw my (laughs) thing down. I'm like, here, like we'll split it or I'll take care of it. And she's like, okay, so here's what you have to do. She's like, I want you to just, when they bring the bill over, just sit on your hands and just look at it. And I'm like, like I literally, as she's saying that, I'm like having a literal panic attack. My chest, I could feel it. She's like, how does that feel? I'm like, I don't want to do it. She's like, okay, this is good. You need to try it. I'm like, I'm like, what do you feel like that sets us back as women? No. Well, okay. So here's how I, how I worked through it and now how I see it. So she kept saying that you, she goes, you know what? She goes, um, I go, but cause then I feel like I owe them something. She goes, why? They got your company. They got to receive, she goes, the feminine energy. I, cause she goes, what do I go? I'm not giving them anything. She goes, no, you're giving them your company. You're giving them your beauty. You're giving them their energy. Like they want to be around that. And I'm like, yeah, I, it took me a minute to like get that. But now I'm like, 
yeah, you know what? You got to be around me, so you can pay for my dinner. But it was a sense, it was actually a sense of my own self-worth. And I think mm. it actually comes down to our worth as well. Like, oh, we're not worthy enough to have somebody buy us dinner. So we have to, and what I owe but I have to give you a blowjob because you bought me a hamburger. No, that's fucking stupid. So it came down to me going, wait a second. I'm worthy enough to just have somebody buy me a drink and I'm giving them my attention and whatever. If they think I'm gorgeous to look at, cool. Like I did all of this. I got dressed. I put on my makeup. I put on my best clothes to look good for you. So sure. Like you, I will accept this as a gift and I don't owe you anything. Like there's no strings attached, but it took me a while to get to that point. And, um, and it started, to, it took a while, it took a long while where I wasn't like cringing and feeling like, or like, Oh, do I, maybe I need to make out with them after this. Cause like, <laughs> well, I don't Ooh. have to sleep with them, but maybe I should at least kiss them because they bought me a dinner. It's like, right. then I just was realizing like, that's not, that's not what this is all about. That's not what this exchange is about. And, just me being there was worth mm-hmm. it. And uh, no, I don't think it sets women back because kind of like you said last night to to Jeff when we were talking about this, like, sure, somebody opening my door, that's not saying that you can't open your door. Like, right. I know I can open my no- own door. I know I, know I can carry the suitcase drink. up the stairs. But for someone to do it for me, it's nice. It's a nice gesture. So I I used to be way more like angry, like, oh, why are guys opening doors? We can do it. Or why are you carrying my stuff? I can carry it myself. But now, you know, the other day I had my suitcase and I was kind of looking at him like, yo, carry my shit. I don't want to carry <laughs> I'm like, I can, but I don't need to prove anything anymore. Yeah. And I think it does. I think it is. Um, I think we've gotten angry and justifiably so. Uh, I think as women, we've gotten uh, so mad that we want to just be like, look, we can do it too. But I'm in a place now where I'm like, I don't have to prove it. I know. Yeah. I don't need to prove that I can pay the bills. I don't need to prove that I can do it. Like if you want to show me that you can, I appreciate it. Instead of looking at it as like, and it's also looking at somebody's motives in a different way. I used to think the motives were like, they're trying to get me in bed or they're trying to use this against me. And now I'm like, oh, maybe they're just showing me a nice gesture and I could just appreciate the gift for what it is. Yeah. And receiving is not easy. Even just, you know, with you and I, like we've had different exchanges at like, even like if you buy me coffee, like we're constantly Venmoing each other the same Five money bucks. back. Right. And it's just like, <laughs> sometimes I'm going, cool. I can just say thank you instead yeah. of, and I remember with compliments, you know, when somebody yep. just compliments you, I used to be that person who was like, no, like your hair looks great. Like, Oh, this, you know, I look like crap today. Instead, I just learned yep. to say thank you. And being receptive is a really hard one. I think if you're used to being in the more masculine energy mm-hmm. and feeling like there's mm-hmm. that, but yeah. This episode of the Best Life Podcast is brought to you by The Happiness Diet, thehappinessdiet.com. Y'all, Jill and I created The Happiness Diet because we have had so many people over the last few years tell us, oh my gosh, you look so good. You looked better than you ever have before. What is going on? And by the way, this was before our boyfriend, so it's not the falling in love glow. And I realized that really what it was, was the work I was doing on the inside was starting to reflect on the outside. It wasn't about weight loss. It wasn't about anything like that. Hairdos, hairstyles, makeup, whatever. It was really that inner work. And so we created the happiness diet by literally just putting a roadmap of what we started doing, the tools, the strategies, 
the hard lessons that we've learned and put them all into one six-week program for you to be able to use to deepen your relationships, whether that's family, whether that's romantic, whether that's just with your coworkers. And if you want to check out more, go to thehappinessdiet.com. And masculine and feminine energy is different Yep. because you said how you mentioned both like men and women have both masculine and feminine yes. energy. And so it's different than the traditional gender roles. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we kind of talked about last night and what, you know, Jeff was asking Danny, why don't you want to learn how to cook? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that it's a fair question. I even talked about it with Keith and he was like, well, I just think like everyone should l- know how to cook just as a life skill. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cool. I actually agree with you. And Danny and I both can cook. Yes. Like we've done it. We competed. Like, of course, we've we cooked a shitload of tilapia. I mean, like we've done it all. It's just that we choose not to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was up front. That was like from the get go. That was something that was said on both our parts. I don't cook. I don't clean. Just so you know, I love my work. I'm going to be doing that. I have my own life, et cetera. And so I don't know that that necessarily is a traditional gender role, but it goes, but it still goes back to, and I think this is valid from a biological perspective, that men and women traditionally, and this is a huge generalization, have things that they desire in the other, in the opposite sex, in a heterosexual relationship, right? So for example, like... I want my dude to be competent. Like mm-hmm. I want him to be able to fix shit around the house because yeah. I don't want to do that. I yeah. want him to be like to call, you know, to get like the thing done, like have someone come over, like, you know, do the lawn. Like I just want the person to be capable. Yep. And so Jeff was saying, well, you know, what do you? And I was like, it just, it's distilled down for me personally. It's distilled down to one word. Mm-hmm. It's competent. Yeah. And I'm competent too. You know, it's like yeah. very much how I see myself, but I also want someone who's just as competent. Yep. And so then we asked him, you know, what do you think? that most men are looking for in women and he said one word nurturing yep and so then it went into okay define competent define nurturing nurturing. yeah so what did you get out of that yeah it was good because I think it it's really good to ask these things and then ask more questions yes so you know one of the things we said well nurturing doesn't necessarily mean cooking for somebody but it's just like how's your day like taking care of like making sure are you okay do you need taking care of yeah just being considered yeah and I was like okay you know I consider myself nurturing in that way I don't consider myself nurturing in that I'm going to cook for you or wipe your ass but (laughs) (laughs) but I can be uh nurturing and caring and he actually gave an example of his ex-wife like she he felt like she wasn't that way and then she she bought a smoothie for a homeless person and suddenly he was like oh my gosh like that was really attractive and I was like okay that's it that's an interesting thing and it's an example of seeing somebody's like how they care about other people and it we I think we talked about in the Q&A episode a the girl said that she was asking her boyfriend what he needed what he wanted and he said he needed to be needed and she was worried about well I don't need him like I I, I have a house and I have my friends and I have all that and I think it is important to ask the definition of what do you mean by need, being needed? Because when he said nurturing, I'm like, oh, you know, like it, I have an idea of what nurturing might mean. And it can mean something different. It can mean a lot yep. of different things. And competent can mean a lot of different things too. Because I said it to Keith, we were talking about it this morning. I was just like debriefing him on last night's conversation. And he was like, well, what does competent mean? And I was like, well, I'll give you an example. So last night, mm-hmm. you and I and Jeff are out and like we're doing the photo shoot and it's sunset and it's starting to get kind of cold you and I it's cold it's windy you and I are both like wanting to like get into a restaurant we wanted to like settle down have a drink relax for a second like and the timer on our like on our parking meter was about to expire 
And so Jeff's like, cool, you guys get a drink. I'll, I'll be, I'm going to run out there. I'll be right back in like 10 minutes. Yep. And to me, that was really nice. Yeah. Like I was just like, cause I know for me, I, that's something I would do. Yeah. Like I, I would just be like, you know what? I got it. Like, even if I was with Keith, I'd be like, well, let me just run to the, yep. but it was nice that it just defaulted to Jeff doing it. I yep. mean, it was his car granted, but still yep. like small things like that. I'm like, okay, that's that's fucking competency. It's yeah. like, I'm capable. I'm going to just hold it down. I'm going to take care of my, I'm going to take care of shit. Yeah. I don't know how else to say it. And like one of the examples I'm really trying with Keith to allow for him to take care of me in ways. And I haven't, cause I think because with Jade, I mean, Jade is amazing, but both of us were very independent yeah. to the point of like, I'll take care of my shit. You can take yeah. care of yours. See you later. Like we'll meet at the end of the night. Like, yep. and so it was very much like two independent people living together. And I think it, that maybe was a little bit dysfunctional, mm-hmm. but they're, it seemed as though at one point there was a scorecard. And I think I still had that in the back of my head of like, I don't want this hanging over my head. And so over the last three years of being single, I just did all my own shit. It was hard to allow someone to, to, but Keith is constantly asking me like, Hey babe, do you need anything? You are you good right now? What do you need? And I'm like, uh, I don't need anything. And then, so I'm like, maybe I do need something. So little stuff, like maybe we'll go out And we'll get home and it'll be kind of late at night. It'll be like, I don't know, 11 o'clock midnight. And my dog needs to go out. So Pip will need to go outside. And I'll be like, hey, babe, do you mind taking Pip out really quick? Like just literally outside. And he's like, yeah, no problem. And I'm like, that's nice. You know, like, and then I kind of like just relax. And I'm like, that just feels really good. Because it's late. I don't want to fucking do it. I'm tired. Like I know he is too. But that would have been something I would just just do. It's my dog, right? Totally. I I love that example too because it does – kind of go to show like what we want as well is to be I don't want to say taking like taken care of but in like those ways yeah I guess it's like you feel taken care of yeah and I think that the masculine role is a lot of uh, the protector or the provider or like a safe space where and that's the kind of feeling it doesn't necessarily mean like they're standing at the door with a gun protecting us or like (laughs) they are you know it's but it's that's the kind of it's the kind of like feeling taken care of and I think that's also the nurturing role is also a different kind of feeling of taking care of and um yeah it's it's been interesting to go into this relationship so we continued the conversation today um because it was got like a little crazy last night, but, um, we're going into it a little more and talking about just role models. And so many of us today in our age group and younger were raised by single mothers. Mm-hmm. And so we were talking about how the masculine and the, the young men, there's all this stuff about toxic max- masculinity. And a lot of young men have not been exposed to maybe a, a good role model or good example of somebody who's a provider, who's taking care of things, who's holding it down. Yep. They're seeing on TV, what they think is, uh, you know, it's, the rapper who's got like all the hoes and a million girlfriends or they're seeing like the guy with the trucks and the guns and like doesn't yeah, all cry the cash and, and like yeah yeah just like all of these things and so they're thinking that's what women want and that's what I need to be and that's not we're just like no that's that's not it no it's actually much simpler than that <laughs> yes it's yes. like we don't need a whole bunch of like guns and money what we need is someone who just like holds shit down yes (laughs) yeah I mean and and it is it does go down it does come down to like what kind of role model like you know Keith was talking about that a little bit his dad was he's pretty conservative but he said uh Keith said one time when he was around his dad when he was like in high school or something he called a girl a bitch Uh like kind of like was just like oh this this bitch blah blah blah. and his dad fucking grabbed him by the neck and like jacked him up (gasps) on the wall and was like don't you fucking ever say don't you ever call a woman a bitch like it was just a random chick like you know and Keith was like holy shit 
all right, noted. Yep. You know, and so like yep. I think it's nice to have a, a male role model yeah. who is principled yeah. in that way even yeah. if they are more conservative like they are principled in a way that yeah. shows them like you respect women yep. and this is how you do it yep. you know and so it's I think not everyone has that luxury though no no and I mean like going back to the single mom is that and these women are saints but they're taking the role of being the mom and the dad and so there's we're being raised a lot of a lot of women who are taking on a masculine role. So the women are becoming, having more masculine energy and more masculine roles. And the men are becoming, having more feminine en- energies. And there's just this weird dynamic of nobody knows what to do. Nobody knows what their roles are. And then intrinsically they're feeling like something's off because their nature feels off somehow. And so there's a lot of just misunderstandings yes. and a lot of this, like I say I want an independent woman, but I'm, I'm, cheating on with somebody else and the woman saying she wants this kind of man and she's sleeping with somebody else and it's just like we don't even know there's a lot that the toxic masculinity then then Jeff kind of brought up of what she was he was saying like what do you think guys think girls what what do you think guys think they want for women and we're like well we think guys want girls to be like hot and so pretty and he's like yes we want women to be attractive, but that's like not the main thing either. And that also goes to show just going back to like our spouses having affairs, like these women weren't way prettier than us or like so, so it's, it's not necessarily even about the looks, but society wants us to think that we have to be the hottest. We have to be, um, the thinnest, the prettiest, the biggest boobs, the biggest lips, whatever the thing, whatever the trend of women's bodies is of today. But he said, you know, it's kind of the same as there's toxic femininity of that, of like thinking it's all about just looks when it's not necessarily about that. There's so many other things that men find attractive, uh, in our personalities and what we do. And I think we need to take a better look at that and, and like really have conversations with our partners and go like, what, what is it that you find attractive? Like not physically, what yeah. is it that attracts you by about the opposite sex yeah. or the person you, and if it's not the opposite sex, like what there's going to be even in, you know, lesbian relationships, gay relationships, generally there is a feminine, masculine energy, uh, dichotomy there as well. So what is it about the other person that you find attractive? And like, if it's competency, if it's nurturing, what does that look like? Can you yeah. give some examples of what that looks like? Yeah. You know, it's we, uh, Keith and I have had that conversation a little bit where I like, you know me, like I love communication. I think you do too. But I kind of also like that we don't have to talk about every single tiny little thing. I mean, maybe that will like anything like that's like pressing or I find like I'm starting to resent or whatever. Of course I bring up. But I kind of like that he's not overly communicative because that is actually unattractive to me, mm-hmm. you know, like. And so I feel bad for these dudes, too, because they're getting mixed messages. They're getting the message of like women want a vulnerable man. Mm-hmm. They want a man who can cry. They want yep. a man. And like, yes, we do. But I don't want my dude crying all the time. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, no, I cry. Like, like you know, like you can. So wh- I like you being able to communicate your feelings effectively and like have the uh, awareness and the self-awareness to know how you're feeling so it doesn't come out and like you punching a dude on the basketball court. Yep. Like I want you to be able to get it out in some way. But like, and I think that's more like toxic, right? Like yep. getting into fights and like, you know, just having like huge egos that are left unchecked. Yep. But I also like don't really like I want my dude to be like competent to get shit done. And I think there's something about not over processing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if someone's competent, they get shit done. They do the thing. They're decisive. They don't 
have to constantly process with you. Yeah. Like I like processing with you. Yeah. But I don't always want like if Keith came to me and it's like, hey, like it was just this constant processing. I'd be I'd fucking like grab him and be like, dude, just do the fucking thing. <laughs> just fucking do it or don't right. shut the fuck up. Right. You know what I mean? It's just like and yeah. so I feel like that is something that's important to yeah. have, you know, and I do feel bad for these dudes because you guys are getting mixed messages too yep. about like, yeah, be vulnerable. You got to cry, you got to whatever. And then you do have women being like, that's kind of gross. Like, sorry, like, I don't, I don't want that. Yeah. So it's tough. It's so tough. There are so many mixed messages. What I don't like what I'm seeing is the, it's hard, is the, is like the man hating and bashing. So it is kind of turning into like this feminist movement where, Men suddenly are like, I can't even do anything fucking right. Like they're pissed at us, and and we are. I mean, let's be honest. There's a lot of reasons we can't. I actually saw a little uh, thing on Instagram the other day. It said men should be happy. Women just want equality, not revenge. And I was like, that's fucking true. It <laughs> it's true. really true. Um, but we're all here together, and we can't blame the men in our lives for all of the history of men. And we also have an ability to change it. And by flipping it around into us being angry and us taking on that role, that actually isn't helping yeah. anybody. Right. It's not helping us. It's not actually getting us what we want either. Um, and we also can't necessarily be so pissed at them when this has been a thing that society has created and we've all perpetuated and we're all waking up and learning. Yes. So we have to be, uh, but that's the point that you have to be learning. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? Like in all things you yes. have to be learning. It's a responsibility. It's not the responsibility of the women to educate the men. Like, no. you know, women, I mean, men need to get up to speed yep. on this. So it's like, cool. And, and that's the thing is I think for some, like it, it's not a zero sum game. Yep. It's not like all of a sudden women have more of a voice now. So yep. men, you know, don't have a voice anymore. It's yep. like, no, dude, you've, you've checked all the boxes yep. for all of time. Yep. And I get it. Like there are certain advantages to being a man from a biological perspective. Like you are yep. physically stronger. Like yep. you're always going to be whatever. Yep. But like at the same time, it's, it doesn't mean that you, that women aren't just as equal in so many different ways. Totally. So I think, I think it's just a reckoning we're coming to. Yeah. And it's funny. I've heard a lot of, you know, people, uh, and even friends of mine been like, yeah, I'm just off white men. And I'm like, I get it. Like mm -hmm. as a, as a whole, I personally am not, but yeah. I've heard like a lot of, like, maybe just because the patriarchy and yeah. like the, the white man is like in there and they've just, and again, it's fine. It's just that they sometimes don't, want anything to change yeah which is understandable too like okay yeah. i get that yeah so um it's just it's an interesting conversation to be in and i don't think that we have that many male listeners so i don't yeah. know if they're listening but you know it is it's an interesting conversation i think what it boils down to as always is just communication yeah because everything's a little different everyone's entitled yeah. to their own preferences yeah. so when someone comes into the relationship like and just just like i want a woman who cooks and cleans yeah you know what i mean At, yeah. like and they should know that they should have the self-awareness to know that they shouldn't be like i'm cool with whatever and then like years later it comes up that like i want a woman that cooked and cleaned like i remember yeah. Jade saying to me one time that, you know, the woman he was with, like, did his laundry. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, I, I would have done your laundry, but, like, yeah. you established early on that, like, we do our own laundry. Sure. You know what I mean? So yep. it's fine. It's yeah. just that it's mixed messages. Yeah. And I think we all need to have the self-awareness and also the articulation to say to our person, hey, this is what I need. And not judge it. Like, yep. it's it's okay. Like, if you're like, I, like, I told Keith right away, I'm not, I'm not going to cook and clean. Yep. I will make enough money yep. to Hire bring somebody, someone yeah. in to, to <laughs> cook and clean. Yeah. yeah. And so, but I think it, taking care of the other person, everyone wants to take, be taken care of in some way. Yep. But I yep. think we have to communicate on what exactly it looks like. It We do. And it just goes back to 
uh, even starting the conversation when Jeff asked about your ideas of marriage and going to our interview with Amy Young, which is what's, what do we want out of this relationship? Yeah. So are we in this relationship for sex and activities? Are we in this relationship to build a family? Are we in this relationship to, uh, build an empire yeah, together, leave a legacy like who, you know, what is this, what is this for? And I think those are conversations that can happen at any point in the relationship. I mean, honestly, second, third date, you can have this conversation because you might want to know before you even keep going yeah. down the road. And if you've been married for 10, 20, 30 years, it's also good to reevaluate. Uh, cause I know our marriage changed a lot. I think going into it was way different than five years down the road and six years and seven, like every single year was like, okay, this is actually a different, we're both different people. Yeah. So I think, uh, it's really important. And even if you don't know the answer yet, having the conversation, I mean, I know it's made me think about things in a different way. Yep. It's made me think about, uh, like since I've been quote unquote practicing, receiving and practicing, letting somebody buy me a dinner or a drink. Um, it's made me feel different about myself and start to like question my own worth. And like, it's helped me actually find more worth in myself. And, um, I think it's always good to question your beliefs, question what you think, question why you do what you do. And even if you agree with everything you've been doing your whole life, just to think about it for a minute to see if you're actually choosing it is always important. Yeah, it really so. is. So I think, again, comes down to self-awareness and then communicating yeah. what it is. And like, you know, sometimes it's hard to know what you want. So like be gentle with yourself as you're going through this, you know, you might and don't and try not to judge it. So like, if you're like, I want a dude who like just makes a shitload of money, like own that, yep. you know, like I think that's fine. I think sometimes we think, oh, does that mean that I'm not a feminist or does that mean like I'm, you know, a Disney princess? It's like, no, it just means like you want to be taken care of and that's totally fine. Yeah. You yeah. know, I don't think anyone walks around being like, I want to be with a scrub. Like, I think we all <laughs> want to be with someone who's driven, ambitious, yeah. Yeah. it has some level of success, whatever that looks like. Yeah. And then you just make it work for you and everything's going to be a little bit different. Yeah. It's something to think, to continue to think about and continue to evaluate. Yep. I think the one last thing I want to add is um, about defensiveness. Cause when I first started questioning, I was getting very defensive. I was defending my own stance. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, this is why I need to be working because my mom said, don't trust a man. And, da, da, da. and I was like, I was getting very defensive instead of allowing myself to look at it in another way. Mm -hmm. Cause I felt like I was being accused of being, I thought I was being accused of something or like if I stopped being that way, then I was weak. Yeah. If I stopped uh, trying to take care of everything, then, then I, it's cause I couldn't handle it or yeah. I couldn't pay the bill yeah. or I couldn't. And realizing that just because somebody opens a door for you or pays a bill for you or something doesn't mean that you can't pay that your you're bills. Incompetent. Doesn't mean that you can't open your own door. Doesn't yeah. mean you can't lift up a heavy bag just because somebody does any of those things for you does not mean that you are incapable. Yep. And I think that was a big thing for me was just to get, back off of being defensive and start to uh, be worthy of receiving and practice receiving. And I think a lot of us women, and especially probably who listen to this podcast are very independent. Yep. And I think the practice of receiving is something we could all probably do a little more of. Yep. I love so. it. Yeah. Challenge y'all. I, I definitely need to be challenged in that way. Yes. So I appreciate it. You've <laughs> definitely been a good role model for me. All right. Well, y'all, um, please subscribe to this channel and also, um, I actually talked more about this in the happiness diet in, um, I think the first module. So there's a lot more on this. Um, you could check it out. If you go to the happiness diet.com, Jill and I have created a really amazing program that we would love for you to be a part of. Um, there's just six weeks of content of really great stuff that'll help you communicate better, yeah. just grow in all areas. And all self-awareness stuff too. Yes. So if you're thinking to yourself and you listen to this and you're like, 
I don't even know what my preferences are yeah. right like because a lot of times we just default to I fell in love with this person and then be like reverse engineer like okay yes. like I fell in love first and yeah. like actually what do I want like so if you're thinking to yourself a lot of that kind of does come down to self-awareness and then also the non-judgment I think sometimes we do we once we finally know what our desires are then we judge the fuck out of them right like oh that means I'm not you know I'm too this way or I'm too that way or whatever so I think the self-awareness piece and the awareness of what's going on in your relationships is the number one chances are if you listen to this podcast you're probably already somewhat self-aware you already kind of know what your preferences are and then communicating them is also really tough so part of the happiness diet the 6b course is literally like how to have these critical conversations these courageous conversations with people in your life so bringing it up to your partner bringing up and like literally just being like hey can we talk about this and I have like kind of a, like a system that I use to bring up like serious conversations and I need to take my own advice <laughs> on some of this sometimes, but make sure you guys check it out. Thehappinessdiet.com. Make sure you grab that uh, and enroll if you have not yet. We have an amazing group of people going through it right now. The course is really amazing. So I'm pumped about it and I know you will be too. Love it. Love you All guys. Right. We'll see you on the we'll next episode. Bye guys. Mm-hmm.